you kind of realise that life isn't all about just going out to earn a load of money. So I was just like, I want to live my life. I want to experience things. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. So, Josh, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. I'm um, I'm looking forward to this chat because I think you're going to have a really interesting spin on the questions that I'm going to ask. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. So the first question that I ask every single guest, and I'll tell you why I ask it, is because I personally believe that everybody refers to their own disability very individually, is how do you refer to your disability? Oh, um, told you it was a good one. Complex, <laughs> very complex. Um, so in mine, I'm a I'm a C six C seven um, in the fra- uh, fracture and compression, um, but I have diagnosed paralysis from T eight. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, it's a bit it's a bit crazy. It's a bit it's a bit of a weird one because obviously I'm a neck break, but oh, everything that affect that's affected is. Um, from like just blowing my chest so it is a bit of a weird one um so I'm able to kind of like stand up do bits of walking stuff like that yeah. um sensations all over the place sometimes um and my legs are like all over the place as well so some days I can wake up and I can be absolutely great I can do a lot more on my feet but then other days like I just I can't do anything so I'm I'm in my chair and stuff like that um get quite a bit of hip pain um also pain in my knees as well um so that can like put me in my in my chair like for some days but um yeah it's it's just a spinal cord injury it's just a bit of a bit of a mad one really (laughs) (laughs) and what's interesting for you is that you said that you had like a neck break but it's below your chest that's where like your I don't want to say issues because it's not really issues yeah. but like if we're going to be medical that's yeah. where it all ste- like that's where it all kind of stems from and and that's yeah. not usual is it for like spinal cord injury or is it like I don't I don't know you tell me to be honest I have absolutely no idea myself um <laughs> I mean I just find everything of everything about spinal cord injury is just almost like fascinating fascinating in a way yeah um just because anybody who has a spinal injuries, it should it can just be so different. Yeah. Even though it's this, even though it's the same, it could be the same level. It's just it can just be so so different, and it can be affected in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and just how I mean, I found quite fascinating how my body recovered. Um, yeah. To the extent it did, and how it how it taught itself to move move like muscles and reconnect like connections from your brains and all sorts of different things to different muscles and how they adapt to working when other muscle groups aren't working as well yeah um but then also like spasms again they're just something that's just like it's just, it's just strange and <laughs> like mind but my it is a bit mind-boggling in a way but um yeah it's just it's just an absolute minefield as to like what what your outcome could be yeah because like it's like as I said, like disability is completely individual to the individual person. So, like on paper, yeah. you have the same diagnosis, disability, whatever. But how you relate to it and how it affects you is 
it's it's so different for everyone and I think that's just like a really important point and I bring it up all the time because I think it is a really important like thing that people need to be aware of that disability is actually a massive umbrella term it's not pinpointing any specific you know problems or issues or disabilities in itself and for you obviously you acquired your disability and if you don't mind me asking how did that happen so back in 2014, it feels like forever now, um, <laughs> I dived into a swimming pool um, whilst I was on holiday yeah. in Ibiza with some friends and I hit the bottom. It was on the side of the pool, so it wasn't doing anything stupid or any great height. Um, and yeah, I hit my head on the bottom. I remember I I felt it, but it didn't hurt. And I played year I played played rugby for years, um, played rugby for years, and I've hit I've hit my head and hurt my neck worse playing rugby than I did hitting my head on the pool and breaking my neck. Um, so it was just yeah, and it was just a massive shock. So I hit my head on the bottom, and I remember I knew where the ladders were on the other side of the pool, so hit my head on the bottom, just carried on swimming as normal. Um, Carried on swimming as normal. Didn't really feel any, didn't really feel anything different within that movement within my legs or anything. Yeah. Got to the ladders and kind of like pulled myself up and then tried to put my feet on the steps and I just couldn't do it. Um, And a few of my friends were on the side of the pool and I said to them, I was like, lads, I can't, I can't, I can't move my legs. And they were like, no. They obviously said it. They yeah. said it in a little bit. They like told me to get out. Pull your socks up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, no, honestly, like I can't move my legs. Anyway, we like it was, I was. I think I remember just holding on to ladders for like five minutes, and we just started chatting. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I was like, lad, you really need to get me out now. Um, so they did, and um, one of them literally just shone shone an iPhone torch into my eye. Yeah. I could see them. They were a doctor and they could see that my pupils were irregular. So then it was like one of them, yeah, it was mental. And then just like held my head in that position and then called an ambulance. Like I was told not to not not to move me or anything. Um and yeah, that's where kind of like my journey began. Um from there. So I was transported to a private hospital our private hospital in Ibiza. Private hospital sounds nice, but according to one of my best mates, it was not nice. <laughs> um, so then, uh, but then, the, yeah, they knew how serious it was and they um, they uh, like did everything that they could and mm. I was then airlifted to Mallorca yeah. um, to Sonnespas University Hospital, which was absolutely fantastic. Um and yeah, had my surgery there and everything like that and did a great job. And then I was there for two and a half weeks and then flown back to the UK uh-huh. to Preston there for a few weeks, just kind of like getting in a stable condition. And then I think my surgery had to like be checked out by um, another surgeon in the UK just to make sure it was kind of okay. Yeah. If it didn't, need, hopefully didn't need redoing. Fortunately, the guy said it was one of the best he'd seen. So well, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the last thing I wanted to do was for them to then open me up again and yeah, start mess from- around with my neck again. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then uh, rehab it was just rehab. Then wasn't wasn't it back to I went to went to Southport Spinal Unit. 
Yeah. Um, and I was there until I got discharged the following, well, that December. So I had my accident in the July. Uh-huh. And how, how old are you at this point? I was 20, just turned 20, maybe a month or two before. So, yeah, I'd had, I was, I'd, I'd had my, um, I'd had my life planned out from like year 11, not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, did everything like GCSEs, A levels, all the, all kind of like leading up to going, um, getting a certain, like applying for a certain um, degree course and then being able to then hopefully complete that and then go to again to do the job that I wanted to do. But that was all like, yeah out of the window to an to an extent but then I never I just never followed through with doing it after that and that's what I was gonna then like lead on to ask you is at Mm. that age like it's it's like you know formative years I always think are like from 14 to 24 because they're the years that you discover a bit more about yourself you probably go to uni or like you finish school and you, you kind of decide kind of what you want to do even if like 10 years later it completely changes and at that age it's so formative How how did that change your career path and the path that you went down and to, to what you're doing now? How was that journey and what did it look like? Um, I mean, it changed my like it's changed my career path like it's completely yeah. opposite. It almost changed my my outlook on life to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very much driven back then. I was very much driven by living like I mean living like a luxury life trying to have like <laughs> earn loads of money like nice cars all that kind of stuff uh-huh. um and that's kind of like all I was driven by I mean obviously people can be driven by whatever they want to be driven by if that is you if that's what you want to be, if that's what makes you get up every day then fair fair play to you but for me it, it completely flipped and it was it was almost like I knew after well after I mean, I only found out a few years ago, but my mum was like, they didn't really know how I, how I, if, like, what my chances of survival was just because of, like, I caught pneumonia and stuff quite badly in hospital. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I didn't realize this for until a few years ago. Um, so, like, what, almost oh, before that, but it was all, it's just like a massive shock. And you kind of realize that, well, I realize that life isn't all about, just going out to earn a load of money and uh, yeah so I was just like I want to live my life I want to experience things um I want to I want to wake up every day and and, and absolutely love what I do um although I know I probably would have woken up and loved what I've done if I didn't have my accident and did all my yeah. degree course because that's why I, I just would have what I wanted to do so but um yeah so now I'm a full-time athlete um instead of sitting behind a desk well i, I personally don't know <laughs> yeah but i mean i'm so grateful for like what, I, what i've been able to do and what i'm able to do now and travel the world to go to some amazing places to race and um have some amazing people supporting me along the journey as well um friends family like sponsors all sorts of stuff so yeah i'm, I'm very grateful for what I, for what i'm able to do now yeah, and and what is like your like your sport as such? Triathlon, pretty much. Uh-huh. Well, it is triathlon. So um, we swim up. We swim as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my category, uh, some people. Well, if you can use your legs, people can all like use your legs, but it can be like quite limited. 
some people don't have legs. Obviously, a lot of people can't use the legs because generally wheelchair category is your spot spinal injuries, high leg amputees and stuff. So um probably a few more different disabilities in there as well. Um but then we use a hand cycle. Um so we're led on our backs, uh-huh. and just arms and then straight into a racing wheelchair for five kilometers. Wow. <laughs> after it. So yeah, it can be pretty. It's pretty tough on when you're just using like a small muscle, like not as muscle, well smaller muscle groups than you could do generally doing triathlon. So, but we adapt. Yeah, that, that is for sure. And we adapt. How did so, you get involved in that? Because it's like I'm always interested in to hear, particularly with adaptive sports and para sports, is is how do people get involved in that? Because I know that when I was looking at adaptive sports, I literally just Googled it and then kind of stumbled across some people. So how how was that journey for you? Um it's been a it's been a bit like all over the place to an extent. Um I mean I remember sitting in hospital, just got a new computer, and I was just like thinking, right now I want Paralympics, I want to do this, like this is what I want to do. I'd love to be able to like adapt myself into like the best team condition as an athlete and be able to like go to the Paralympics. Um, so I'd almost like set myself that that was a target I wanted to to reach. Um, so I just remember like I used to ski loads yeah. from a young age, family holidays. So then I just started and I'd seen like a few sit skiers out when I'd just been skiing on general holidays before I'd even had my accident. So yeah. and I'd always thought, what well, like, what is that thing? That looks pretty cool. Um, so then obviously it was like, this is, this is how I'm going to have to ski now. So I started like YouTube um, on, on YouTube, like Googling videos of the Paralympics and sit skiing and all this kind of stuff. And then found a video of some Canadian guy who was like doing backflips on them and all sorts of different things. Uh-huh. And so that was like, that was, that, that really gave me some drive to start skiing. So uh-huh. as soon as I came out of hospital, I started skiing. Um, and then I went to the chill factor. And then from there, I started to go into chill factor for a little bit. And then from there, I started to join like the British, like Paris snow sports. Uh-huh. squad um did a few international races i won the british championships one year um and then to become a bit more competitive especially with all the guys that that live on the mountain from other nations and stuff i mean it started to cost like uh, quite a lot of money mm-hmm. and there just wasn't there just wasn't like the backing and the funding and i certainly don't have an endless bank account which is a shame so if yeah. I did, that's that's what I thought we were doing. Um, so yeah, I mean that that just started to become difficult, and especially like living in the north of England, there's a few hills in the Lake District, but there's nothing crazy that's got a <laughs> decent ski resort on it. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah, it just started to become difficult, and I just wanted to do something that I could get out, I'd literally just hop out my front door and just go out and train. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, but then even before like, I'd even thought about doing triathlon, I started to just do, um, I just started to kind of like raise money for a local foundation, um, to me that 
have supported me for a long time and they still support me now um called Ben Trend get involved mm-hmm. um and I just wanted to, yeah like I said I wanted to raise some money for them so I did a tough mudder which you've probably seen maybe um and then I did a lot, like quite a few like half marathons 5k's 10k's um and then I found this triathlon on um on just on the internet and it was the superhero series. I don't know if you've seen that before. No, tell me all about I've seen it. That one. <laughs> so basically, superhero series. It is. It is a. It's a day at Eton, a Dorney Lake in Eton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's. It is pretty much. I think they do have a like an able-bodied side of it and all that kind of stuff that you can enter. But it, it is just like focused around like almost celebrating disability and triathlon yeah. is the sport that everybody goes for. You don't have to do the whole thing yourself. You can do like a relay. So you do one bit, somebody else does another bit, somebody else does another bit. Um, and they get involved, all these other Paralympic athletes, champions and stuff like that. And you can be part of part of their team and everything and meet these people because they can be so inspirational for some people. Yeah. Whether they're like new to it, new to an injury or they were born with it or something like that. Or even if like they don't want to be a, the Paralympian because obviously not everybody that's got a disability wants to be a Paralympian yeah. like, that's not everybody <laughs> like everybody I feel like everybody that you meet is and you're in or you're in a chair and everybody goes oh so or you've got some form of disability it's like so you, you're a Paralympian do you do the Paralympics all the time so that's it's, but even just you go there and you do it and these Paralympians can be so, in, like I said, can be so inspirational to people. Yeah. Um, and I think it is, it's a, it's a great place for people to just get some motivation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opens their eyes to like different sports and you don't have to go in and do triathlon. You can do, you might just want to start going and do para, para swimming or hand cycling or something like that or racing wheelchair right, and stuff. So, um so I went there with my best friend and my dad mm-hmm. um and I had no equipment apart from a wetsuit <laughs> <laughs> so I did I signed up obviously me being big not uh, I don't know how to say it but um I was just like no I want to do the big one I don't want to do the small one I want to do the big yeah. one you're gonna do the so one we, like uh, it's gonna be the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the time when I'm signing up to it, it doesn't look the worst, it just looks the best because that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um and yeah, so I just had my wetsuit, swam, and I've been I've done bits of swimming before, but nothing never really kind of like anything to really train for. Um and then the bike and like the run section I just did in my in my day chair, I just pushed it in my day chair. Um How was that? I don't know. It's different, isn't slow. it? Slow. Yeah. Yeah, it's very slow. <laughs> um, but it was great fun. And I almost think just the, just kind of like how hard I found it and stuff like that and going from one discipline into the other, although I didn't have like the equipment for it, just made me kind of want to find out about the sport a little bit more. So yeah. I just, I, I um, emailed British Triathlon when I got home asking if they, if they knew of any clubs locally where I could go and get involved. And then from that, I was then invited down to a talent ID weekend at Loughborough. Uh-huh. Um, 
first time I'd ever really kind of done any sort of form of like time trial swimming in a swimming pool. First time I'd ever been on a handbike and mm-hmm. first time I'd ever been on a, in a racing wheelchair. Um, and they put me through all like different tests doing it as well. So uh, it was a, a very interesting day and it was a fun day and it was a day that kind of like led me to where I am now and they wanted to kind of like take me under their wings and stuff like that and it's here I am now, here I am today. It's almost serendipitous when these things work out like that, isn't it? Because you go to an event and you're like, oh, I quite enjoyed it and you just want to feel a, feel around a bit more, you know, figure out if you can, you know, if it's even foresee- like foreseeable, that's not the word I was looking for, but it's one that's come out of my mouth. And then, you know, you end up going to an event where you, you end up you end up in time trials and like that's led you to where you are now. And yeah. none of that would have happened had you not been like, you know, been swimming and took a dive and accidentally hit your head. Like no happened. And it's it is it is crazy to think no. about that. I mean, there's also there's a lot of things that have happened since my accident that I would have never I would just never have done. Yeah. Um, in like my life prior to my accident, and that I would never have, I would never have met Sophie, who I'm marrying next year, stuff oh, like that, and like just so many different things that I've experienced that I would never have, would never have done, and like one door shut, but so many other doors opened at the same time. Um, but I mean, I think that happens to everybody that suffers an act, suffers an injury. Mm-hmm. Of whatever whatever form that is um and it is it, i think it it can it can be down it can you can have a lot a lot of a lot of different things that can push you in so many different ways and directions but like at the end of the day i think to me this is this, obviously this is my opinion to me it's like down to yourself you've got to almost like and i had to do it to my, to, to me i had to kick myself up the arse and i had a great I had a great like support network that helped massively, um, but you just got to kind of crack on and you got to deal with it, and you've just got to make the most of like what you can do at the moment. And yeah, it's very. That's it. It's very. It's a sentiment that is very widely accepted between people. I think who acquire a disability, and the yeah. reason I say this, and I feel like I can say this, is because I've had so many of these conversations. And in particular, one springs to mind with Dan Richards. I don't know if you know him. He's the one-armed cycler. No. He is. No, I don't. He is unlike his story is next level. But he also pretty much said the exact same thing that it, for him it was a case of I either move on or I sink, and I don't want to sink. I want to swim. Yeah. And I want to push myself forward and see what I can do now that things have changed. So here we are, and let's see what we can do. Mm. Which I think is a sentiment that sometimes can be quite hard to digest for a lot of people because I hate to say it and I'll probably get a lot of not very nice comments for saying this, but there can be a lot of self-pity and ability and it does take oh, yeah. almost I pull agree. yourself up by your bootstraps and just get on with it because this is what you've been dealt with and like sink or yeah. swim. And and I, I, I implore you all I to know. because it's fun. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I completely agree with you. Um, completely agree with you. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I don't want to sound like I'm being harsh or callous, but it is true. But then in saying that, I do also I'm aware that disability is not easy. It is it's not easy at all. Like the disabled life is not necessarily oh, no, I mean, one at all. 
but like it's what no, you've been given. It's not. So. Um, I thought, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way when you think you've got something really good in your head and you're like, yeah. oh, it's just not quite come up. No, <laughs> it's gone. No, it's gone. It's gone. So what I was going to go on to ask you is that I personally believe that through any form of hardship, regardless of what it is, is that if you can look back at that time and, and find a positive attribute in yourself, it's probably been worthwhile to a certain degree. And I was wondering if upon reflection and looking back through some of your hardships or your times that you found difficult, if you found a positive attribute within yourself. Um, yeah, I think, I think I did. I think I did. No, I definitely did. I feel like it was so, obviously such a massive change to to me. Know like I was quite. I mean, I was very active. I was very active as a as a child, and all the way through until my accident, um, sport wise and stuff like that. So it's almost it's almost like knowing that I knew that I would never be able to go and like run around a, a rugby pitch or five side football pitch with my friends, go for a kickabout, just hop up on my front door and go for a run or something like that. And I still sometimes say it now to Sophie, like sometimes like if we just go on a holiday i can't just take a pair of i can't just pack my racing wheelchair and go for a push yeah really and i sometimes always say to myself oh I just i just miss like being able to go out for a run and stuff but then i almost kind of think my mind switches and i'm like yeah but look what i can do look what i am doing look what i can do and going out for a run is for like for me now is that such a small thing that really doesn't like doesn't really massively bother me to an extent mm. um but it's always in like the back of my mind I sometimes think oh, I'd love to just go for a run along there yeah something like that so it's just it's I'm almost kind of um able to kind of feel like I'm good with being able to cope with things that I think I miss but I don't yeah it's almost like redirecting or reframing how you view things from something you know like you said we're saying like oh you think about going for a run but actually when you look at at that number one running isn't fun for anyone and number two like yeah. you're able to do so many other different things now that actually that run seems quite menial yeah and number three when I'm in my racing wheelchair I can go a hell of a lot faster than I could before when I was running well exactly and isn't that I was wondering, so this question is kind of twofold and I really need to figure out how to to word it better because every time yeah. I, it never comes out quite as I want it to, but you'll, you'll get the gist. Do you have a piece of advice for your younger self and for a younger person with the same disability as you or going through the same disability as you? For my younger self... That's the one that I think I'd struggle with yeah. trying to find an answer for that. Um, it's a hard one because I was for, recently asked it and I was like, uh, have fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I did have fired fun, so I can't say that. Um, I don't really know about that for my younger self, to be honest. Um, but for somebody who's younger than me with a disability, um, I think. I think like I always say and I always have done since I've had my accident is um, take all the opportunities that you're offered because you never know where it'll take you or who you might meet uh -huh. um, or where it might take you. I've already said where it might take you. 
Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I promise I was listening, um, but that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, ju- I mean, just take all the opportunities that you're offered just because I've experienced so many things by opportunities. What I'm doing now is just by like an opportunity that was offered to me. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go to Loughborough to do a talent ID weekend to, to yeah. trial out to become a triathlete, but I did do. Um, I got an opportunity to work at Williams F1 for a year, I think, or six months. Oh, amazing. And I'm a mad F1 fan, so that was, uh, that was like, a mate, that was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was incredible. Um, and like then doing my Tough Mudder, that opened up so many doors to me and so many things that just people from where I'm from, not ending, but like, in the north of England just don't like don't do yeah um and not many people will get to experience why I was able to experience off the back of that as well so uh, yeah I don't know I think just taking the opportunities that you're offered and especially like when when you when you're so young you've got so much ahead of you there's so many different things that you need to experience before you really settle down and yeah focus on one thing and um yeah, that's pretty much what I would say. I think that's a great piece of advice, especially what you just said there about being young and trying loads of different things on, because I think people almost get too focused too early. Because I know that what I yeah. want to do now and what I do do now is absolutely nothing like what I thought I was going to be doing when I was like 18, 19. <laughs> like if you told me at 18, 19, I'd be talking to other disabled people about their lives and their experiences I'd probably be like yeah no <laughs> that doesn't that that sounds like interesting but I don't know if that's what I want to do yeah. and now and now it's completely different and it's the only thing that I ever want to do and I think it's the most interesting thing in the world which is why I do it but I think that's a really solid piece of advice and I really like it actually really like that piece of advice thank you <laughs> so as disabled people we all know that we get asked weird and wonderful questions on the daily basis by random people And so I'll preface this by saying I was recently asked whilst I was out at dinner if uh, if the waiter would would like me to cut up my food for me. Oh, right. Interesting, right? And I was wondering, do you have any questions that that you find annoying or intrusive or like funny that actually if you just did like you just have to laugh at? Do you have any questions that you get asked regularly? So. This is the one that really annoys me, and I can imagine it can annoy a lot of, especially chair users that might be couple, like might be in a couple, or uh-huh. I mean, you don't even have to be. But what really, it's not really a question; it's more of a saying, and it it makes me laugh, but it also it's also really annoying. That uh-huh. whenever you're just pushing through the street, you're going well, you're pushing through the street together, or like through an airport or wherever you are, you're just pushing in public. And you always get some people that go, oh, are you two racing? Who's winning? Oh, slow down. <laughs> or like when you go out or when you go out, when you go out drinking or something like that, can you drink and drive in that? Uh, it, that really, it, it really winds me up. But it also makes me laugh at the same time. And now when I'm talking about it, yeah. it makes me laugh. But at the time, it really it is really, really annoying. It's really funny that you say this because you're not the first wheelchair user that has said 
those words. Oh. And, it, and it's it's so it's so commonplace for wheelchair users. But I think people yeah. just, like, they just think they're being really funny when actually it's it's like it's not that funny. You've heard it a hundred times before. No. Like, what, what would we say to people walking around the street? Oh, are you having a walking race? <laughs> what's the di- what's the difference exactly right like what is the difference between someone asking you that and then you going up to someone and be like oh yeah. so you've been winning out of the two of you <laughs> yeah power walk race is it yeah exactly and that's <laughs> i always laugh because i think like, i don't understand who thinks that they could go up to someone and ask yeah. but then in saying that i probably have been a person that's gone up to someone and been like oh by the way are you doing this and not out of like being ignorant just because i'm really curious all the time yeah. yeah i have one final question for you and that is are you disabled and proud i am yes yeah i am i wouldn't i would never i wouldn't change i wouldn't change anything um i wouldn't change anything i don't think i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't really want to turn i wouldn't want to turn back the clocks and um avoid having my accident you know if you could um i would just i would just I, i'm so happy i'm i'm absolutely loving my life at the moment and um there's probably still so much more that i'm yet to experience and stuff like that which i'm so excited about so um yeah i'm definitely disabled uh, disabled and proud <laughs> Well, thank you very much for giving up your time today. I really appreciated it and I've loved listening to your story. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No pleasure. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast. Oh.